Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show, which is brought to you by Buffalo Trace, we're going to be talking about Kentucky's loss at Tennessee, uh, what went into it, Reed Travis um, his absence, how much of an impact on the game did that have? According to John Calipari, none, and then it impacted it completely, depending <laughs> on what part of the press conference you talked about. And we'll, we're going to give some props to some of those Tennessee guys because a lot of them were balling out. Um, but Kyle, let's start with this Reed Travis kind of thing. At the beginning of the press conference, Calipari made it clear that Reed Travis, the absence of him was not an excuse for the way they performed, but he seemed to kind of backtrack later. Yeah, I mean, the very first thing he said, like, he was asked, like, uh, essentially, like, how much harder was it the second time? I mean, two weeks ago, Kentucky led by 24 and won by 17 in in Lexington. Tonight, Tennessee led by 20 and won by 19. The final score was uh, 71 to 52 and controlled it throughout. They're up 13 at halftime. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was start to finish, thorough beatdown. But basically the exact opposite, rever- total reversal of fortune. Uh, Tennessee was huffing and puffing about foul calls and foul trouble in Knox, in Lexington. And today, Kentucky was waylaid by foul trouble. All the big guys, well, Reed Travis did not play. And then the other remaining big men all got into foul trouble. Uh, well, let's just, I want to stop there because this has obviously become a bone of contention. Was P.J. Washington in foul trouble? I mean, he got two first-half fouls, but he didn't get a foul the rest of the game. Yes, but, yeah, I'm just saying he was he missed, like, the last nine minutes of the first well, half. I mean, that, he, was, he was, that was the decision were, of the coach. Right, but they were down four when he left, and they were down 11 when he came back. I mean, that's just the way. But I, think, I know I, that's I, how he I does it. I think he should I, have played him, but what I would say about that is I think his perspective is, like, with Reed Travis out, PJ was the most important player, and he wanted to have him for the well, for the stretch. But it, but if you're down too if you're down too big by the time he comes back, then you've kind of you've missed your window. So I he, get what you're saying. Yeah, and I mean he was asked about in the post game, and he just said that if it would have gotten the lead would have gotten bigger, he would have put him back in. But I don't know what that line was because it stayed right around ten for like the last five minutes or so, and they kind of jumped up the thirteen at the very end of the half. I mean they 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 were. It was unbelievably how kind of I don't know if their defense was good or not, but they kept it within shouting distance for a large portion of that first half with PJ on the bench, and then it kind of got away from him at the end of the first probably, half. I think that was probably part of it too. I mean, they went like four or five minutes where Tennessee didn't really make them pay. He was sitting on the bench, and it stayed at like five or seven points before Tennessee kind of broke through. Anyway, we, we've we've kind of diverged from where we were going to start yeah, with this. Reed Travis, you know. Cal Perry, first thing he says is like it's not about that. They beat us. They beat, we got beat every way but loose. Is, was that's the quote. a great country song, yeah. by the way. And I think, and kind of what I'm writing is like he could have stopped there, and I think he should have stopped there. He's not. He's not wrong. Um, whether it, whether I mean, really, if he said, well, it was all about not having read, he wouldn't necessarily be wrong to say that. Or, or the other, he wouldn't necessarily, like, it's not at all about Reed. I think you could make an argument for both, but he kind of played both sides. He starts out saying that wasn't it, and then, like, at different points later, he gave, like, three or four reasons 
why how, you know Reed Travis being out really hurt him. Yeah, I and, have. And, and before Reed got hurt, like this isn't like a new idea. Like before Reed got hurt, when everybody else was praising PJ Washington in the first meeting, right after the game, Calipari is saying like the guy who won us the game was Reed Travis because he leaned on uh, Grant Williams. He he physically. Uh, kind of imposed his will. He made every basket tough. I think Grant Williams only had four field goal attempts in that game. Yes. And P.J. was freed up to go have all the energy to, to post guys up and score on the offensive end and have his big offensive day. So two weeks ago, on the night that they won that game, Cal was saying like he was the most important player in the game when they won by a big margin. And so to contend that he was the most important player not in the game is not crazy. Um. And so I think Cal should. But I do think Cal should have just stopped with, you know, they just beat us. Because yeah. here's the here's what I would go to. I think it is both true that Reed Travis not being here was a huge difference. I think it impacted like their energy. It impacted their style of play. When when all the big guys had two or three fouls by the halftime, uh, it it affected how they could defend and how aggressive they were going to be. Um, all those things are true. Grant Williams didn't have to get muscled by anybody, and mm-hmm. he had his way. He had a twenty. He had, I think he probably finished up winning SEC Player of the Year today. He had twenty-four. Yeah, PJ I know had that, thirteen. I know that hurts you. Nah, he had twenty-four, and so he played great. Um, but so so does does Grant Williams go for twenty-four and seven if he's banging on Reed Travis? Maybe not. Um, well, I have the quote here. <laughs> Because Calipari, this is like the first question, and then in the middle near the end of his press conference, and we're going to let you hear John Calipari's full press conference at the end of this podcast because it was it was pretty short today as he normally is on the road. Um, but Calipari was asked about not having Reed Travis, and he he actually like cut off the question and said it wasn't that they beat us, no excuses. Later on, he was asked about the role reversal. He the context was basically, hey, can you it, remember the last time you had a, a such a big gap between like winning so big and then. Playing the same yes. team and losing so big. And Calipari said, we don't have the same team, Jerry. He's talking <laughs> to Jerry Tipton. I mean, Reed's not here, so you're going to have a role reversal like that. Which, I don't know. I, like, yeah, I mean, like to, to your point, it's not a complete hypocrisy, but it's teetering right on that line. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean... Yeah, uh, and, and I asked him, to, you know, to be fair, I was also, in one of those questions, I was trying to elicit... At least what they were missing. I said, yeah. I know you don't want to. You said you don't want to use it as an excuse, but what is the biggest thing you're missing when he's not there? And he said, like the physicality, the mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I think energy. He said yeah. um, they they missed that. But here's where I would say you should have just stuck with that's not the reason as your talking point. It's it's I can put it in two numbers for you. Do it, uh, Kyle. I'm not Kyle Alexander. Jordan Bone, point guard for Tennessee. Scored 27 points, and he was 11 of 15 from the field. Wow. Hit all five of his threes. Then the guys who couldn't try and could not defend him, all of Kentucky's perimeter players, the starting three perimeter players, Ashton Hagens, Keldon Johnson, and Tyler Hero, made a combined six of 26 shots and two for 11 from three and turned it over 10 times. That's a lot. So they couldn't make a shot. They turned it over ten times between the three of them, and that not one of those guys could keep Jordan Bone in front of them. Yeah, that doesn't have anything to do with Reed Travis. Not a thing to do with Reed Travis. True, they got destroyed by Jordan Bone. Yep, and by their own ugly offense. Yep. Now, now some of that offense may be about not having Reed Travis because not having him does affect the you know the way the offense is being operated. 
But, and we know Reed Travis sets the best screens on the team, and probably in a long time because he's a brick wall. But, you know, we can't lay it all at the feet of having a guy oh. out with a sprained knee. And the flip side of that is P.J. Washington in the two games that Reed Travis, the two full games they've played without Reed Travis has really been, has really taken a nosedive. Yeah. So is Reed the, like a very, very important sort of buddy player for him? Like the guy to, to draw some attention, to bang on the other guys, big guys, so he doesn't have to. Kind of feels like that. I mean, the until one- some free throws late, he was going to have back-to-back single-digit scoring games after that 10-game stretch where he averaged 21 points. Yeah, P.J. Washington, the only guy to score in double figures for Kentucky. Everybody that took the court for them actually scored, uh, but nobody got more than eight points outside of Washington. Um to your point about free throws, real quick, just a, a note: they shot sixty-five point five percent from the line, missed the front end of a, at least one and one, um, and that had been a strength. But it, it has kind of taken a slight nosedive recently, which is something that you you don't want it to do. Um, but I, just that's just probably something to keep an eye on. The one thing that I want to talk about next is the fact that Calipari called him selfish, and from my seat. You know, Cal always talks about the the one mores, and it seemed like they missed a ton of those in this game. But before we get into that, I do want to tell you real quick about Buffalo Trace. At Buffalo Trace Distillery, the world's most award-winning distillery, you can see 200 years of bourbon-making history in action. Smell the mash cooking, touch the charred oak barrels aging in century-old warehouses, and hear the tales of bourbon legends. You can also... Taste the award-winning spirits at America's oldest continually operating distillery. Experience a tour for every taste. They have six unique complimentary tours that are offered seven days a week, year-round. Visit the world's bourbon destination, Buffalo Trace Distillery. To learn more about the distillery's history and spirits, visit buffalotracedistillery.com. If you mention that you heard about Buffalo Trace Distillery on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, you get 10% off merchandise at their gift shop. So go check out buffalotracedistillery.com and get over to Buffalo Trace Distillery and take a tour and then get some discounted merchandise. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Did Calipari use the word selfish? I don't. I don't know if he used no, that. Either. No, he said. Um, he uh, kind of implied it. Own? Is that what he said? Like he basically yeah. guys went off on their own. Did their, did their own, own thing. thing. Did their own thing. Yeah, that's what he, he said. Was. Th- you know, th- this was the first time in a long time that they've had several guys do that. I think he yeah. said four or five. And kind of to con- contrast that, um, the Tennessee guys said, "You know, what's the biggest difference?" Well, they were locked in defensively. That was their goal coming in was to defend because mm-hmm. they didn't. In the last game, I mean, everybody played well pretty much in that first Tennessee game. Yeah. Um, and, and Grant Williams said, we, we knew we, had to, we were going to defend them five on five. And if they were going to beat us, they had to beat us five on five. We weren't going to let them get uh, transition buckets and easy layups. They were going to have to beat us five on five. I thought that was pretty poignant because yeah. that was the opposite of what Kentucky was doing. They weren't playing a five-man offense. It was one or two guys trying to get something going. Uh, and it looked—I mean—the offense looked like a mess. It looked like a mess. There were most like of the day. there were like three possessions when Kentucky almost got it back in the single digits in the second half that were good. Though I think it was a quickly three late that he hit as the shot clock expired. Well, well I think everybody touched the ball in that possession. So there were like there were like flashes. And I think what makes those flashes kind of stand out the most is the fact that the rest of the day it was a mess and it was just guys taking them taking shots that were ill advised. Well, when we talk about PJ, I mean they. They got it uh, when they were down. They were down twenty, and then it was. They hit a couple shots. They had it to sixteen, 
PJ had a sh- had a three to get it to 13, missed it. Had another three right after it, chance to get it to 13, missed it, and had a shot in the lane and missed it. Missed three shots in the span of about a minute and a half. That yeah. you know Tennessee either had turnovers or misses. So you've got three possessions there where they haven't scored. Mm-hmm. They're up by 16. You know you you in theory you could have had eight points there. You cut their lead in half. You get zero. And then later, quickly and Keldon Johnson hit back to back threes. You know you're down you're down 20. The game's over. Right, three and a half minutes ago. Then quickly uh, and Keldon hit back to back threes. And in the span of like 30 seconds, the lead is down to 14. Tennessee misses. P.J. Washington throws the ball out of bounds. Yep. Could have gotten it to, to 11 or, or 12. Tennessee misses again, come down. P.J. throws it away into the backcourt. They get a run-out layup, and the game is over. Yep. There were two possessions there. Tennessee, you know, it's a 14-point game, but a little over about three minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Turnover, miss, turnover, miss, turnover, layup. I mean, you could have conceivably made that an interesting game down yeah. the stretch. You're, well, you're nine or ten points. And Calipari said that there was one guy that believed that they could get it back into single digits in that run, and that was him. Right. And that I think was quickly, maybe. I, I think if I were looking for like any kind of silver lining out of this game for Tennessee, other than the fact that like PJ Wa- or that Reed Travis is going, yeah, for Kentucky, that other than the fact that Reed Travis is going to come back mm-hmm. at some point, and probably if they play again, he'll be back in the SEC tournament. Well, there may be two things. I thought Nick Richards played pretty well. Calipari did too. Uh, he had eight points, seven rebounds, and three blocks. Um, he was only one for four from the field, but like I thought he played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's clear that they they need Reed Travis to be their main guy. Yeah, but like Nick is playing well enough right now that he's a pretty solid backup when Reed does come back. Like he's getting some minutes to play through some stuff. To I, I think this Nick Richards thing could be a good thing. Like. If he's your 15-minute-a-guy backup, you know, come postseason when Reed is back, he could really give you something. Yes. Uh, And then the other thing, sort of 1A and 1B of the silver linings, I did think quickly, I was impressed with quickly coming in and making shots. He had his Mm -hmm. toe, I guess they reviewed one, he has toe on the line. Yes. Otherwise, he would have had three threes in this game. That was kind of my favorite, like, just shown how, how snake bitten the they were. Going. You know, it, it was situation, a situation where quickly hits a three, reviewed, take it back. Uh, Nick Richards is at the free throw line. He makes the free throw, but PJ Washington uh, violated yes, the lane. That's the one I was trying to think of. They, everything went wrong. Yeah. Cal got attacked. We didn't mention that. Yeah. Cal Perry got attacked. I, I, I thought he was going to fight the guy. Did you see he was like staring down well, like the official that had te- teed him up? Yeah. Like well, after uh, he got the tech, he's staring him down. In the next edition of the podcast, I'm going to kind of lay out my my vantage point of this game and the oddities that that ensued around Good. it um, um but no i didn't see it because there were fans the short answer to that part is no because there were fans in front of me um <laughs> and so i missed that part um but yeah no he was he was very heated and that was that was kind of i mean that was you know that was the other thing tennessee didn't take advantage of every opportunity they had to get it all the way. Oh, they could. I mean, I mean, they really could have run Kentucky out of here. Um, I mean, in the first half, like I said, they they didn't make Kentucky pay when PJ went to the bench. Yeah. I mean, it stayed five points forever. Um, but I would say, you know, quickly to me, he scored eight points and had four rebounds off the bench. Um, I think maybe. Well, I think in a game where Tyler Hero's struggling, I think you, I think you sit him down and play quickly. Well, or Keldon Johnson, like either if if either of them, and today they were both struggling, but like. I think you got to think more about playing Emmanuel quickly. I can, um, I can get on board with that. I don't love him right now. Like I don't. I just think he's a guy who's got to 
grow and is going to be a multiple well, year guy. I mean, but I don't think he's going to just destroy you with with bad decisions. Yeah. Like sometimes when when Keldon and and Tyler kind of go off on their own, and l- we'll mention that about Tyler Hero. He was two for eleven today, zero for five from three, and he had five turnovers. He was the worst of the guards, and at one point. Calipari just nuked him on the sideline. Mm-hmm. He it looked like he said, shut the F up, and was effing something else. Uh, but he was definitely screaming in his face, stood up to get in his face and scream more. And I asked him about it, and he said, I ask you once, I try to ask you again nicely, I try to ask you another again time, and by the fourth or fifth time, you're going to get what everybody saw me do to him. Yeah. And he said, I said, what were you yelling at me? He was not doing what I was telling him to do. He refused to do what I was telling him to do, uh, and that's not good, you know. And and but that's fresh. That's that's leaning on freshmen. Yeah. Because Tyler Hero just had a twenty-nine point game where he hit nine of ten shots. Everything went in, and I think he probably thought he's everything's going to go in. I'm a superstar. Let me let me go get mine. Mm-hmm. And you know he had a very sort of uh, energetic pregame warm-up he was like getting loose he was like talking trash to one of the managers like i thought like dude's about to go off he's been great on the road yeah i mean this was a, a an interesting moment for him because he's been great almost always on the road better statistically on yeah. the road than at home and he's coming off the best game of his career and he just lays an absolute egg completely uh, that is the one thing i would worry about for kentucky out of today and out of some other moments in the season like the guys you really count on to score from the perimeter are guys that are Keldon and Tyler Hero who are either lighting it up or sometimes completely in the tank. Yeah. And they're well, they're uh, erratic. They're unpredictable. Yeah, that's fair. You know, and before you felt like you could count on Tyler Hero to like kind of just like rise to the moment whatever it was about him he loved playing on the road today he laid an egg so i when you talk about the ncaa tournament and you've got to win six games in a row against good mostly good opponents that's a little bit of a worry i completely agree all right we'll talk about more of this game and preview uh, the game at old miss a little bit coming up uh, in the next edition of the show uh after this break we're going to let you hear john calipari's full comments to the media he had some interesting things to say, things we didn't even really get to touch on a ton, so you'll be able to hear that all in just a second. But before that, I do need to tell you guys about Birch Sheet Metal. If you need metal roofing or siding for a residential or agricultural project, Birch Sheet Metal is the place to go. You should go direct to where it's made. They've got classic rib panels cut to order with a 40-year warranty in 15 colors, plus galvalume and economy grade with all the trim and accessories to match. You can give them a call, 859-485-1928, or check out birchsheetmetal.com. That's B-U-R-C-H, sheetmetal.com. Birch Sheet Metal is located in Walton, Kentucky. Give them a call at 859-485-1928 or check out birchsheetmetal.com. Don't pay lumberyard prices for metal. Go direct to where it's made. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. John, uh, you guys obviously didn't have Reed. And, uh, it wasn't that. They beat us. Don't. Well, there are no excuses. We, we got beat every which way but loose. Our young kids played like freshmen. Played like uh, deer in headlights. Um, big play where they, they walked and they no call and then gave it to PJ, the second foul, and I couldn't play him in the first half. That was a big play, like a huge play. And I'm not saying the call had anything to do with it, but that play 
changed how we had to play in the first half without Reed. Um, if it would have got any worse, yes. So I was sitting there thinking, like, what, where are we going with this? Um, I thought Nick played great in the first half and then couldn't get a block, couldn't get – they were shooting layups on him. And I said, okay, I don't know why you would settle. Just you're in there to go block and go do stuff, and he didn't. But, again, it wasn't just those – I mean, we just – you know, we didn't have it. And they, they, they played. They came with a, a purpose. And we, it was the first game in a while where we did not play for each other. And it was kind of like everybody, every man for himself. Well, then this is what you're going to have. And the, the team I'm coaching, they absolutely need each other. They got to have each other. And if one guy goes off on his own, today we had three and four guys go off. Um, but we'll learn and move on. Dad, you had called uh, Jordan Bone and the tag dog yesterday. How well do you think? Played great. Ran downhill on us. We were trying to run the same stuff to get our guy to go downhill. We didn't quite accomplish it the same way, but he also made runners. What was happening is our bigs were, were getting out of the way too fast. They didn't stay long enough. They didn't trust the people behind them. So when you're playing that kind of basketball, the big's got to stay a little bit, and he's got to trust somebody behind him's going to help him. Well, he just ducked out, and Bone went down, and how many layups did he shoot? Like five, six, seven? No, no, this is one game. This is a knockoff. To come in, they, they haven't lost here in two years. I mean, for us to win, we were going to, without Reed, we were going to have to play one of the best games in the last 10 years. And as soon as I saw how it started and then P.J. got into second foul, then I'm like, okay, how do we make this close? Now, I'll tell you what I was angry about after. It was a 14-point game, and we had three possessions. We had a chance to get that thing to 7-8. There was only one guy thinking we could get this to seven or eight. Me. <laughs> that was it. No one else. And I told him, I said, why, why would you not think that way? Turnovers, PJ, you just threw it. You threw one in the seats. Um, but Rick in, in Tennessee, they deserve this. This is a great win on national television. All the stuff about there. You know, it's amazing. Now they'll say we're not that good. What? Like when we beat them, they weren't that good. Now they beat us on their court where they haven't lost in two years. No, we're not that good. What? This is college basketball, especially when you're playing freshmen and sophomores. It's You have games like this. These kids are not machines. They're not robots. And sometimes they play bad, and sometimes the other team's more inspired to play, and they beat you. Well, when he got the second foul, it was he didn't play. In the second half, I thought he did some good stuff. They came and trapped a little bit. They left on his bounce. They did some stuff, but we got threes. I mean, we were, look, I watched the tape, Rick watched the tape, and they were having to do something. So they jumped on his right hand and made him go left. Um, you know, he missed some free throws again, but I thought he played good, and I thought he gave it up when he needed to. Just the toughness. And his consistency of play is amazing. Like, here's what I'm saying. The way Nick played in this first half, 
where, why not the second half? What would lead you not to be that guy? The energy. It's not how basketball skills or all that. It's why not that energy? Why not that ability to go get rebounds and do that? Reed is going to give you what he gives you every minute he's on the floor. So you miss that consistency. And again, I'm happy for Nick. Believe me. Nick has played. That was when we get a half out of him right now till he builds himself into that, I'm happy with it. They were the aggressor today, and, and we weren't. Down at our place, we were the aggressor, and they weren't. How are you surprised for my team? Yeah. But there's this kid we don't have that gives you one more post score. So now we're, we had one. So. Cal, how, how often in your career have you had such a dramatic reversal we don't have the same team, Jerry. I mean, Reed's not here, so you're gonna you're gonna have a role reversal like that. Has Reed been able to get on the court at all yet? What's that? Has Reed been able to get on the court and practice at all yet? No practice, but he's uh, doing all the rehab, and he'll start doing stuff Monday, and we'll see about Tuesday. When you're not the aggressor, how much does that affect your perimeter shooting? Um. Perimeter shooting, we had some guys that were just kind of intimidated by the situation and just couldn't make shots. And they, and then when the score started getting away, then they really couldn't make shots. And that's what young kids do at times. I mean, I just, you know, we were we were driving through open jump shots to throws. Well, why would you do that? Because I'm not sure I can make this, so I'm just going to drive it into a throw. Well, you got to shoot the ball. Well, I'm, I'm not sure I can, you know, and that's that's where we seem to be this this whole game. But like I said, I'm loving my team. You know, this was a great lesson. It's kind of like the you get a punch in the mouth, and 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 now just like Tennessee did by us, we got to go to Mississippi, have a tough game, Florida home. Our last two are tough. You know, we this this is like time to grow up and. And, and bring something to the table because, and then collectively know we need each other. Like, what is my job for this team? That's what I told them. You, you, what you do for us, we're putting you in a position so you look good, not turning it over. You had five turnovers. Just throw the ball away. That's not who you are for us. You're the finisher, not the play starter. We got play starters, I need you to finish. And so we got away from all that today. But let me, let me just say this. I don't care, even if we had played well, they would have beat us the way they played. I mean, they, were, they, were, they fought and battled, and it's a great win for them. Happy for their team, and, you know, I wish we'd have played better because it would have been better for our league, but, you know, it is what it is. Because I'm telling him what to do, and he's, he's choosing not to do it. <laughs> like, you know... Here's, um, here's what I asked you to do. Why, why would you not do it? So, first of all, you say it in a huddle, then you say it nicely, and then you say it, and then you go and see what I did on the fifth time. You then tell them very aggressively that it ain't happening. John, do you think there's chances of having one seed? No. No, because other teams have lost, and they've moved up in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Mark.
All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Please follow along with all our coverage. You can find us on Twitter at LockedOnUK. Find us on Facebook. Just search LockedOnKentucky. Please rate, review, subscribe, and most importantly, share this with somebody else who would enjoy. Thanks again to our sponsors today, Buffalo Trace Distillery and Birch Sheet Metal. Please support them so we can keep this podcast going. Thanks so much, guys. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. He did he use did Calipari use the word selfish